I want you to put your hands together. There goes the neighborhood. And welcome to the stage. Big round of applause. There goes the neighborhood. Welcome back to episode 32 of the Smokescreen Podcast. I'm your co-host. I fuck, I forgot. Damn it. <laughs> we try to get ready for everything. And I, I wasn't even thinking of that either. I know. We was talking about sponsors and shit. Um, <laughs> I'm your co-host. Fucking Blackbeard the Pirate. <laughs> because, <laughs> because of our, our subject today. Yes. I'm Nicholas Cage. <laughs> there you go. That was, that was a good one. And today's episode is brought to you by Ricky's Auto Salvage here. <laughs> Uh, need your car towed? Ricky will get it done. And he will not charge you an arm and a leg. Bullshit. <laughs> no, Vagisil will probably be back. We're in talks with him again, so just a, just a heads up. They were Before, pissed about that curveball. They were so pissed about the curveball. I mean, that was the whole thing. I'm sorry, man. Um, anyway, before we get started, you mentioned this. We may have a studio sooner than we think. I know we've mentioned this like 400 times. It's been a big revelation. But uh, yeah, we may, I don't know, maybe in 30 days or so. We'll see. Somewhere around that time frame, 30, maybe 45. I don't know exactly. But we will, um, I'll be moving finally. Good news. And uh, I don't want to jinx it, but everything should be worked out tomorrow. And we'll have this new place coming up. So we can get out of this fucking living room and have an actual studio so look forward to that. Uh, I do. I Absolutely. look forward to it. We're already thinking about like how We're laying things it out. Be. So, with that said, we have kind of a. I don't know if it's odd or, it. it we're, you know, we do history and mystery. Right. And we've been doing a lot of history as far as true crime and stuff. So now we're going to do a little bit of mystery. Yeah. And we're going to talk about essentially treasure and treasure hunting and that yeah. type of. I said to you before we started, some kind of I don't I don't know if the word primal is right, but there's some kind of innate thing in people, some excitement of, or dream thing that it gets, I don't know, exposed when you bring up treasure hunts. Like, right. I agree. There's something there that really makes you dream or makes you in, in really intrigued by it or whatever. All there's because there's so many great movies based around it, right? I mean, it's yeah. in pop culture. And uh, it's old, really, really interesting. Old books and... Things when yeah. you're a kid, cartoons. And, and actual history, like like I said, Blackbeard, you know, pi treasure, pirate treasure. And, you know, I told you, uh, so basically what had happened was, <laughs> it's, uh, we came across, I guess I came across. Yeah, you took a little vacation, mini yeah. vacation and uh, came back with some news or something you found. Yeah, so I go up to um, my cousins for a couple of days over the weekend and I, I walk in that night when I get there and they're watching... Expedition Unknown, which is a show where a guy who's an archaeologist, you know, most people, some people have probably seen, I'm sure many have heard of at least. He basically travels around, does all kinds of cool shit around the world. It's not just like treasure, but that's just, you know, some of his shows. Right. So we're watching this show and it comes up about, they're watching an episode on The Secret. And of course, when I told you this, this is the same thing happened to me. Everybody's heard of The Secret. You but, said, have you heard of the book, The Secret? Yes. And I said... Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has. The and book with the red thing on it? The red wax seal. And yeah. that's what you're thinking about right now. Who's yeah. listening? So I was like, no, it's called The Secret, A Treasure Hunt. And then that and, like, and essentially nope. got me intrigued because they were watching this episode. And then he kind of gives me the, and I think I may have, may have heard of it. But again, I've always associated The Secret with that book, with the red thing. Right. So we start talking about it, watching this show, and then we talking about it, and we we stay up pretty late trying to figure out some of these things. So this was a book written by Byron, I think it's Priest. Yeah, and in nineteen eighty two, he hid twelve boxes essentially with a little cask, a porcelain cask, inside of basically plexiglass boxes, and inside the cask was a porcelain key. And he hit him in 12 cities around North America. I think 11 were in, actually, the United States, and I believe one's in Canada. And in this book, it came off as like a fantasy book is what's cool about it. Some people, people thought it was just another fantasy story. And no, it's real. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you, you started telling me about it and saying that you and Chad had, like, the episode ended. Yeah, y'all got on your phones and right. started doing some research, and because 
They haven't been found. They have not been found. Ex- well, three have now. The latest one on this episode, uh, the, the last one we watched of this show, Expedition Unknown, was they found the Boston one. 38 the guy, years. The guy figured it out. So this book was came out in 82. The very first year they found the first one in Chicago, some college kids. <laughs> Another one was not found in 2008, I believe. Was it four? I think it's oh, eight. Oh, four. 2004. 2004, okay. Because it was before he died. And he died right. in 05. He, okay, so yes. And unfortunately, like you just said, the author, Byron, died in a car wreck. Right. So there's still nine of these out there. Yeah. And, uh, or, and well, maybe. Well, kind of tell them, you know, how he, what he did. He, uh, he hired artists. Yeah, he hired a sculptor. Sculptor, an artist, and several and, Co-writers, I believe, to help put things together. So it's a book. Now, obviously, he's wanting to sell books. Sure. But he put a lot of his time and effort and money in this. Like Chris said, he traveled around the whole continent uh, or north, you know, pretty much. I think most people in the beginning thought that it were all in the United States, but some yeah. of the coordinates might have led them to Canada. And only one is there. And um, so what he did is he had these artists draw, like, a hidden objects game basically is what it exactly. was. Exactly. They're this they're really cool paintings. Really and cool. they're really they're odd looking. They're his style. If you go to his website, you can see the style there. You mean that's that particular that, artist? That particular artist. He's he does a, that in other things too. Yeah, that, well, that kind the, of style? well, not the style of the painting, yeah. not necessarily hiding things, I guess. But no, that's yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, with in the book is like a part where you read about these, it's essentially centered around immigration. So he's got these 12 different magical creatures coming to the new world. Right. And uh, they each have a gemstone associated with them. Yes. So in the in the book, you have that part, but then you have 12 paintings and then 12 verses that you have to match up to one of the paintings. You use the painting and the verse together, and you can find this actual treasure. Now, what you do, if you happen to find one, you would find the cask and get the key out and turn it in, his wife and children are upholding the Excuse contract, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you turn in that key, and you get the gemstone associated with that particular immigrant group. Yeah, I, actually, it's really really cool. Since you told me about it, I watched some videos, and <clears throat> evidently he actually had twelve uh, those boxes in banks. What are they called? Oh yeah, t- safety deposit boxes. Safety yeah, deposit yeah, boxes. Originally, yes. Uh, for each each gem uh, associated with the key, right. And so you bring him this key, and he, he had a, and I think this is one of the coolest parts. These things are buried, and didn't you say they're no more than three feet deep? Yeah, I think uh, they, I think they said they it was, are three they're feet? all around three feet deep. Yeah, all right. not deep or anything. But you can't just go out there with a metal detector. No. Nope. He had these keys made out of porcelain, so you couldn't do that. So he's really trying to make it hard. So right. you got a book. With 12 verses and 12 paintings, but the verse is not paired with the painting. You have to figure all that out. Right, which one goes with which. Which goes with which to figure out what city it's in, and then when you go to the city, follow the verse. So there's clues in each painting, and they they go along with the verse to figure out the state, like you said, in the city, and you got to figure out which ones also lead you somewhere or just confirm you are where you need to be. Yeah. So it's really, really hard, apparently. And and we, but not, not, I wouldn't say super hard because I think I figured out a lot of stuff on the first night. But of course, I have today's technology. That's, That's exactly where I was getting ready to take it. I was going to say, I yep. bet some listeners are thinking, well, that wouldn't be too hard. You know, once yes, you kind of right. got a feel for how he writes this stuff and right. how the paintings work. Exactly. But think about the 80s. When you, like you you said, you had to go to the library. 1982, you, know? you didn't have, you couldn't Google at your fingertips. You right. know, you had to look at these things and go to the library to look up the meanings of some names and locations and markers. And it's really, really cool. Uh, I just thought it was really, really, it just got me intrigued and kind of back in that mode because it brings me back to the Goonies and yes. National Treasure and Da Vinci Code. Yep, you mentioned the Goonies right away to me. And I loved, talking. loved, loved the Goonies. Like, I could still watch it once a week. Yeah, it's a good movie, Because it's man. one of those things that goes back to what we were talking about in previous podcasts. Like, it's one of those things, it makes you dream in some way. It's not necessarily about getting rich. Dude, it's what the lottery does. It's the Absolutely. same thing. It's like we talked about geocaching. Yep. We went geocaching, did a podcast on that, and it's not about 
because I'm not getting rich geocaching. It's about the adventure. Right. And so there's something really cool. And I, I told, you know, I mentioned in, on that podcast, gold prospecting. Found a lot of gold, but it wasn't not about keeping the gold. It was about finding it and getting out there. Yeah. And that's what's really cool about, that's what he wrote it for. And I think about how not much has changed. If you if you think about from back in, say, the Blackbeard days, right? Right. The people who heard about buried treasures. Yep. And... You see, you can picture, okay, so this guy goes on to like this deserted beach or uh, island or right. something, and he's going to bury this treasure. So, you know, you can't carry all this stuff around with you all the time, so you got to keep it somewhere safe. Right. There was no but, safety deposit boxes but <laughs> or banks. Over for there. himself, he can't just write, hey, you put this here. Yeah, It has exactly. to kind of be in code or somebody would steal it exactly. from him and go get it. So he buries it probably randomly and it yeah. has to sit there and look, okay. Himself would have to do it. He has it. to count the paces yes, to this tree them. and yep. to this big rock that looks like a something and write all that down. And, and that's probably how it started. And these legends and stories get passed down and I don't think the passion has ever waned from no. generation to generation. When when a kid hears about this, there's something about an adventure. There really is. A, it, it's an adventure. It's an adventure, and and that's so that's what separates it from the. And lobby. now, of course, today there are professional treasure hunters because there's so many different you know treasures in the real world that's still out there. We watched that show. We talked about. We may have mentioned it before on the podcast. Cooper's treasure. A yeah. show that it was really odd. It just for us, it vanished, and we were like, "That's really odd," because he was about to find like this Spanish galleon. I know we were so excited, and it and just quit coming on. It just quit coming on, and we were like at episode what five, six, maybe. And then the other night, we were talking about this and all these books and stuff that we were talking about as far as this treasure stuff. And sure enough, for some reason, it just went off YouTube TV and was on. Something like Showtime, yeah, and continued a second season. We never heard anything about it. Never did, and and that one was really cool because the this there was an astronaut. Uh, what was his name? Yeah, I wrote Go Gordon Cooper. Gordon Cooper, and he yep. he was like a, a treasure hunter himself. But while he was in space, <laughs> yeah, an orbiting, here. he was orbiting the Earth, and he had to use this new latest technology camera, right, and. He was hunting for treasure up there, and he was marking coordinates of things he saw under the water that looked like it could be. Yeah, like a ship, yeah. a sunken ship. So he was marking these places while he was up there doing his astronaut thing. <laughs> so when he came back down, he had all these coordinates, and he was going to go find them. And that's what this show was about, was a guy who was taking Gordon Cooper's maps right. and going out and doing it. And, and it was so cool. Obviously, he was on to something because he got where we stopped yes, off. Right. He had found like the beginnings of a wreck. And these wrecks don't just happen like straight down like you think. Right. They're miles long. Like, here's the anchor. Oh, we know we're coming up on a ship. That's right. Then you might find some cannonballs and shit That's or right. whatever. And then That's all of a sudden there's some wreckage or something. Yeah. And so what? You, it was funny, Chris. We were talking about it. Chris looked it up and it was like, season three? What? What? Exactly. Because we were on season one. And people were asking, like, when is season three coming? I'm like, what? Yeah. Where's season two? Where's so, the rest of season one? I know you and I will actually be watching where we left off and and at least catch back up on that because it's so fascinating. Yeah, there's something about it. Man. I mean, Indiana Jones. That was the thing about Indiana Jones. that They were so popular and still are. I mean, I could go back and watch the classic ones. You know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, he's looking for the Ark of the Covenant. Um, you know, the Holy Grail and the other one. I mean, there's all kinds. of like goes into Da Vinci Code. There's well, something about piecing together clues and yep. going from place to place. And even like today, you have these virtual web searches. Right. You know, cool stuff like that. But also the uh, the secret, that book, uh, yep. on that show, because you came home, you showed me the show y'all watched. And there was another cool aspect of it that I think is psychologically cool was the fraternity part of it. Yes, I think that's really cool. I think that's what people chase. Yeah, because, like you said, these jewels aren't that real valuable. No. But you get, like, a lapel pin, and <laughs> I there's, think like, in, a ceremony, and it's really cool. I think in 82, they said that when he buried them, the like, the jewels combined were worth maybe $10,000. It's right. not about the money. Right. It's a, And I think they even said in the cast, since these are ceramic casts that were handmade by an artist for nothing else, and nobody never owned them, 
they would be more valuable than the actual gem. Yeah, that makes sense. Because those are like they're I a work of art, that. and there's yeah. like a clock painted on each one. It's really cool. It's like a one of ten, or I mean, one of twelve. Exactly, basically. like you would stamp it, like yeah. one of twelve, and hit in the history of yeah. mankind. So, so that is cool. It was really cool. And then, like the one in that episode, they found the third one recently in Boston. Guy figured it out. He was right. And then the park, it was because you buried him in parks, right, where you could dig. Right. And, of course, things have changed where people, you know, statues get moved in parks and things get replaced and they plant new trees. So there should, there's probably a few missing, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but the one in Boston, they found, he found it, but he found it in pieces because they were renovating the baseball field where it was under home plate. That's just... And they did get all the pieces together and they turned it in, had the ceremony, and he's one of like three members in this club. <laughs> this exclusive club. What an exclusive club. That's really cool, man. So, and, he, and now, from now on, anybody searching for him will go, he'll be in all the books. That's right. He'll be in all the books and forums and subreddits and all that stuff about being a finder. And, and how did he do it? There's something about all that, too. There's, there's this draw about treasure hunting. And yes. I remember when I was when I was a kid, there were there would uh, be these you know book series, and um, it was I'm, I can't remember the name of it. It's a famous one, but there was um, uh, I'm, like a Johnny Quest or I mean something oh yeah, random yeah. like that yeah, yeah. old timey yeah. books. I'm trying were, to, I, they were from before my time. Yes, but maybe my dad's time or something. But I was reading them; they were hand me downs. And and my favorite one of all those was a hidden treasure one. Right. It's just there's something about following clues and being <laughs> rewarded if you're right. At exactly. The end. And and it's the pride in solving it. I think more than you know. I mean, sure, you find a treasure with millions of dollars in gold would be outstanding, but the reward. But the reward is for me at least. I mean, I know it's, I'm saying this without finding a million dollars in gold, <laughs> but but solving it. Is more of the pride thing for me, yeah. So <laughs> you're just missing the Goonies. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So Chester Copperpot was the guy who went after the treasure, um, and mm. they found him in the booty traps. <laughs> booty <laughs> and trap. One-eyed Willie was the one who had the cool ass ship hidden in the bay, and you know you had the little you t if you took the thing off the the little balancing thing, the scales. Yes. It triggered the whole thing, and the boat went out to sea. I mean, that was such a cool story. Tell me, though. Save the town. Tell me that that movie has has not made you wonder what's behind some painting or something. Mm -hmm. or when you get like an old frame at a flea market or see one, yeah. you're like, I wonder if there's a treasure map behind that. Uh, I, Absolutely, that movie caused me to think that. How way. many stories of uh, you heard about that? Somebody bought a fucking painting in a yard sale and found a, a copy of the Constitution or something behind it. Something like I that. Mean, there's there's yeah. always that thing about winning something or finding something that it's really cool. Or people moving into houses and finding uh, a secret oh, room. Shit, yes, that's happened. Time capsules is another thing that was big in the eighties. Yes, I like love burying time, time capsules. Um, so it all ties in together, the geocaching, the treasure hunting, you know, all that kind of, you know, we, I talked about it earlier. Why, why is there a puzzle in the paper every day or little puzzle books? People love puzzle games on their absolutely phones. Absolutely love them. So and all that's there for a reason. There's something that some core thing for people about adventure. And I told you too, that, um, when I was into, when I had that small window of time where I was actually into video games and, right. I, and I played right. Resident played Evil, Resident Evil, that was your. I love those little puzzle moments. Yeah, you had to hit these chords on the keys on the piano just right, yes. and it would make something open. And my all-time favorite game from PS One days or PS Two days, I'm sorry, was uh, the Legacy of Cain Soul Reaver, which was a Legacy of Cain. There was a whole series about vampires and stuff, but. It was one of those games where you had to go and you had missions, but you had to solve puzzles to get through rooms and you had to move boulders a certain place. Right. And make something move over here or whatever, or even just to get up on top of something. So I love that aspect. And that's still a big thing in gaming today. And that's what killed me too is the second time around, it's never as fun. Like when you're that's going right. back through that part. Exactly. Oh, and I remember just, oh, this. Yeah. And, but the, but the first time, but when the you first approach that puzzle, and that's, and that's what, you know, so many games today are still like that. They're, they're puzzle-based games where you have to figure out how to get through this room. And so that's still a thing, obviously, for a new generation, even though it's just all virtual video games or whatever. But these things, what I think what I find fascinating about these 
is in in the cases of this, this the one we just talked about the secret with Byron Priest and then this other guy we're going to talk about too is for them it was more about getting people outside to enjoy what they had yes getting and out in the, nature and getting off the couch even in the 80s that was a thing even before the in internet the 80s and 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 when i heard that that he said that or was it his daughter or his wife or somebody said that yep, in that ceremony? In the ceremony yep. I was thinking, I remember being a kid in the 80s and we thought we went out a lot, but mm-hmm. I still remember like the older people were get were outside, saying, get outside, get yep. outside. You stayed out yeah. a lot, but they wanted you out more. Yeah, they didn't think because their generation was out more. And right. so now it's funny to watch that we're still that way, and which I think is why geocaching it has yep. has gotten so popular. I think so too. You know, people getting out and and, and now that you can have, um, you know, if you if you come across some treasure story or whatever that's real, you can literally get online in your bedroom or at your computer wherever your desk is, and figure out a lot of it with Google Earth and things like that, and researching other people's. They call them solves. I hate. They, I don't think anything <laughs> solves to you until, until, until you have it, it in your hand. Yeah, but you know their guesses, their clues, how they what what they thought about it. So uh, it's really really cool. Um, well, yeah, but, well, I think it's probably time to bring that guy in. Yeah. So the other one that uh, the last I would say two days, two three days, I've been on a kick and uh, told you got trying. To, I'm trying to talk James into liking it. <laughs> it's, is because it's just something I'm really, really drawn to. But this other book called um, the was it the the thrill of the chase, not the hunt. It's the thrill of the, the chase. The thrill of the chase. Yes. And this is uh, Forrest Finn. Finn, and he is the coolest motherfucker I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm telling you, I watched the interview with him last night, about 45 minutes long. Love the dude. He's in. Now probably eighty five. Yeah, he's definitely in his eighties. Eighty five at least, because yeah. it was about eighty in in two thousand ten. This cat writes a book very similar to what you're doing of memoirs. Yeah, he was a guy who was a really adventurous cat who went out when he was younger, and he did. He was a huge fly fisherman, and he went around Yellowstone National Park areas and all the areas in the, in the Rockies. Right, he's out for, out west, and he had all these. Really cool stories, apparently, and I haven't read the book yet. I've just seen some excerpts and stuff. But in the book, he has a poem. And what he decided to do was he was apparently diagnosed with, I believe it was a kidney cancer terminal. And they told him, like, you got three months. Mm -hmm. And he said he had this idea back in, this was 10 years before he did it, I think, or 12 Okay, I'm going to, because he was a collector of uh, Native American artifacts yeah. and gold and all kinds of like stuff. So, kind of a centric collector. Yeah. And, and they, he, they actually said he was a millionaire, multimillionaire too. Um, yeah. And that's how he was able to you right. know, buy like Sitting Bull's actual peace pipe and shit like that. Right. And, uh, and yeah, he said in that interview, like he said, I'm actually not as wealthy as people think. I mean, my family's taken care of, but oh, he's got his own publishing okay. company. So he's not really a writer per se. I think he writes okay from what I've seen some of the, and we'll get, I'll get the poem. So anyway, he puts out this book. It's got all these memoirs, and you think it's just like a memoir book, but sure enough, he, he decided when he got sick, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take some of this with me, some of this gold. We have this up on the screen. I don't know if you can see it on here good, and people obviously listening can't, but we have this box that he got. It was like a I think you said it was from the old ancient Greek era. I'm not sure exactly where the box came yeah, from. Yeah, so, so 10, the box alone. It's a 10 by 10 wooden box. Looks really cool. Carved, ornate, whatever. He puts in gold nuggets. <laughs> Some as, as heavy as a pound. Big and small, gold coins, U.S. double eagles, regular eagles, uh, some for, some ancient foreign coins, gold coins. Yeah. Gems, rubies, diamonds, emeralds, and then a couple like Native American artifacts that he was personal to him. And uh, there was some like little golden frog thing. I don't. Yeah, remember. you can see it in his picture. Yeah. I saw it. Yes. Yep. And uh, he put that in. So a lot of things, and it's and worth about what did they say? Two million. Yep, two million. Vox people said I think there was a one of a kind jade. Uh, carving from some dynasty yes, or something. A couple really. I mean, like, Treasures in themselves, just the one little thing, and right. Um, so, didn't you say that he had a plan since he thought he was terminal? Yes, that's what I loved about this interview, man. He says 
The plan was I was going to take this treasure out here and put it in my hiding spot and on my on my last breath lay my body on top of it and tell you to come find me. <laughs> find my bones and walk away with the treasure. What a cool dude. And he said, well, shit, that was a good story, but that got ruined because I got better. Yeah, <laughs> so, it got cured. So 10 years later, he's like, you know what? I'm going to still do it. He puts this treasure somewhere and writes this poem in this book. And he says, all you need, like he's answered so many questions about it. He won't answer like if you're right or wrong. Yeah. But he's answered so many questions about it. All you need is that poem and a good map. And that's no, like you don't have to have any particular knowledge, history, although I don't know, some Think of it may. That. There's so, two million waiting. Right. Two million dollars in real treasure and it's out in the Rockies somewhere in one of four states. That's because there's a map in the book that shows you you could find it on this map, but it's not obviously a real clear one. It's just like I a, was wondering that. Okay. Yeah, because the Rockies continue into Canada, but yeah. the, it cuts off there. But okay. he just says it's north of Santa Fe, which he lives, by the way, in Santa Fe. Um, that's where George R. R. Martin lives, for anybody oh. that remember. Um, so it makes me wonder if they know each other, being writers. But I would say. He says north of, somewhere north of Santa Fe, all you need is the map and the poem. And he said to one particular occasion, really all you need as far as like the expedition, so to speak, or the adventure, you just need a flashlight and a sandwich. <laughs> so it's so, not dude, it's not like up forty seven miles of you know because this he hit it when he was eighty, right? You know the video I watched the Vox video. They they're talking about how vast you know. I mean, obviously you know the Rockies is vast, but right. I mean, but you're searching for a ten by ten by six box <laughs> exactly in four the states, and it's like, come on, man, that is literally a needle in a haystack. It absolutely is. So the odds of it, but then that's when you start kind of kind of start using logic, like you right. said. Exactly. Okay, he's eighty. You know, he he can't hike up. So I've seen some of these vlogs where people are talking about it, and they think they have an idea of where it may be, and they they're hiking up to these incre like incredibly long hikes and hard up really high elevations. There's, he didn't. He he said himself, "I'm an 80 year old man. I'm not gonna do that." He said, "Dude, he said, look, it took me two trips from the car because it was 40 pounds of gold. So it's so literally a walking distance that. from his car where he parked. Right to go out back." Out and back again, and he said he did it all in one afternoon. The so yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's not far off of a beaten path, off a trail, right? Yeah. Now, like, like I said, when he got somewhere on a trail, I'm not saying he didn't veer off into the wilds a little bit, but it's it's near a trail. Yeah, because we've got you worry here. Yes. So I can kind of in my mind think how hard it would be to find a box. And if, I told you, and I was you like, knew it was in you worry, it'd be hard. That's right. Even though I know it pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to remember a lot of trails, but there's lots of horse trails and hiking trails. And that's where I told you, I was like, I what makes me want to fucking hide something, and write a book. Right. I would go do it in you worry here. Yeah. Exactly I mean, what dense I was thinking. Forest, but you know, a lot of trails and that would be a great place. But honestly, think about that multiplied by what? 10,000? Oh, I mean, Lord. I just can't imagine. It's crazy. So just for shits and giggles, I'll read this poem here yeah. that old Forrest left us. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much time left we have on this camera run. Let's I'll make sure. Here. But uh, it, it's not a, it's not a long one. we got six minutes. Okay, so let me try six to get it over here where I can see it without, um, you know, breaking or, or not being able to speak into the mic. So in this book, you can find this online or whatever, but just to give you an idea of how... He says this is fairly simple and straightforward. Right. This don't is, overthink don't, it. Don't overthink it. As I have gone alone in there and with my treasure bold, I can keep my secret where and hint of riches new and old. That's the first little verse. Begin it where warm waters halt and take it in the canyon down. Not far, but too far to walk. Put in below the home of Brown. Brown is capitalized. Yep. Sorry. From there, it's no place for the meek. The end is ever drawing nigh. There'll be no paddling up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. If you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down your quest to cease. But tarry scant with marvel gaze, just take the chest and go in peace. I love this poem, yeah. by the way. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? The answer I already know, I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So hear me all and listen good. 
uh, what is that? Is that four or tour? Oh, your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold. And that's it. Yeah. So about a third one, he says, take it and go. Yes. I mean, the fourth and one. And he straight up says there are nine, the nine clues in there. Okay. And people apparently have been within, he says, I'm not sure if it was yards or feet, because there's a pretty big difference there. But he said one time within 500 and another time within 200. And I think he said feet. It might have been yards. Yeah, the Vox but said they kinda, feet for so they, sure. But they basically walked right, kept, they like ignored the other seven. So if you first saw the first two, which is, uh, I know where he's confirmed this, begin at where waters halt and take it into the canyon down, you're within 500 feet. Wow. So seven more confirm everything, like literally supposed to walk you to it. And how long has this been out there? Uh, 2010. So, so this has only been 10 years 10 old. 10 years. There's $2 million waiting for you out there. So if anybody re- you know listens to that, go look it up. You can. It's there. It's there. And he has confirmed it is still there. He has some way of knowing, and that's what leads me to believe it's still fairly close to Santa Fe. Yeah, and that's that's one thing I told you because, you know, if somebody stumbled upon it or whatever, yep. you know, they could melt down the gold and stuff, and nobody would ever know they found it. Right. But yes. the jade carving and the box itself, like you said, you know? Yes. That, that, that's a dead giveaway if that shows up at a, a, you an know, auction house somewhere yeah. or one of those shows. What was it we watched in the, the traveling, house uh, where they do the they appraise things? Yeah, I forgot that show. Yeah, I, I love the show. It, I used to watch it about I, years I ago. I just called it traveling something, but it's not that. It's... Uh, God damn. Yeah, you take your, you know, you take your your old stuff. You you know, you got in, you know, Vietnam and the war, I love that or from Japan and World War Two, and they appraise it, and they, you know, it has. We watched the guy with the Rolex ended up being like a, yes. a fucking million dollar watch or yeah. some shit. So yeah, I mean that's hey, it's out there, and there's other treasures like this too. But there's in the other case of the secret, there are nine casts still out there to be found. There's one in North Carolina near us. There's one in South Carolina in Charleston. Um, the location, the states have all been confirmed, narrowed down. I mean, and there's no question about it because you can see how they were done. You can find the things in the paintings. Right. In that case, and in this case, there's been I don't know thirty thousand people sent him emails. He said. But one thing I do know is somebody has died looking for this thing. Yes, I think three. Three. I think I think one's so, confirmed, but two are missing. So think, I think about three. that. It's it's just such dense forest <laughs> and and grizzlies and all grizzly that. bears. Yeah. yeah, it's not a. But that's what goes back to for me at least. Like I get it. And when he was younger, he was stout in good shape, all that because he did all kinds of crazy things when he was. That was the whole point of the the memoir, and he was very very active, obviously. But eighty years old. I mean, he even says that himself. Like. How far can an eighty-year-old man walk with twenty pounds of each? You know, uh, you know. Think about that. So, yeah, I already have my theories on. Like, I've only known about this three days, and, and I've already been on the internet scouring videos and research, listening and to John Denver, li- <laughs> Rocky Mountain. <laughs> yes, John Denver. <laughs> exactly. Shit, I never thought about that. But didn't you say that people have thought well? He might have flown in in a chopper and all this. But. Yeah, I saw that where he was saying basically, look, um, you know, because he he straight up said it took me two trips from the car, and I did it all in one afternoon because it was too heavy. You know, forty pounds of gold. Gold is heavy. It's a small box, but it's heavy as shit. Um, and so he was carrying twenty pounds at a time. Is the you know implication, or maybe you know some people say, well, what he may have scouted out the location first. But yeah, he said he knew exactly where he wanted it. That's what I it's thought. A special spot to him. That's I was getting ready to bring that up because you said he used to, you know, be adventurous and go out and do all this stuff. Yep. I will guarantee you, there's some little cubby hole in a rock somewhere, not or in the wood, in the wood, maybe in a tree yeah, trunk. You know, yeah, yeah, a big hole or something that he yep. saw, uh, and and was like, cool, you know, this is a great place if anybody ever wanted to hide anything. Because he said... And then he grew old and said, yep. oh, shit, I'm going to put something there. Yep, and he said you don't need special tools, only a flashlight. So that implies no shovel. And it implies darkness. And implies... So you, you have might to, have to peek in either a tree, it's be a hollow in a, tree, or... A, in a hollow tree or in a small cave yep. or something with a rock formation. Yeah, so obviously, when he said take a flashlight and a sandwich, that's all you need. 
I'm down. I'm ready to roll. But <laughs> I will tell you, you think I'm scared of dogs? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the bear thing really messes me up. And there's that Vox video. Right. Where they went up to that tree <laughs> and you saw those big claw marks on that yeah, tree. Yeah, they fucking, yes. They're that far apart, each digit, and deep. <clears throat> you get hit with one of those, you're done. You're done. And so, you, like I say, you know how I am with dogs, but <laughs> it reminded me... <laughs> We took a, a just a, said you shoot yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I wouldn't even shoot the bear. I just shoot myself. Yes. I mean, I cannot get mauled. I just cannot. <laughs> Dude, remember that cable job we did when I went here to help you? And that damn pit bull was beating through that fence. Yes, there was two dogs uh, through on the other side of a fence. But I the was fence like, was like leaning. I am not going in there because you went in the house later. And, and they were in the house. Yeah. And I was like, I am not. But you they, wouldn't stand there beside the, the house when I was fence. just working on the SDE and the fence was going. Burr, burr. <laughs> this privacy fence was, they were just charging it and boom, boom. <coughs> Hell no, I will Excuse not me. get mauled. Yeah. But we took a family vacation to the, uh, <laughs> to the National Forest in uh, North Carolina, way out west. They, um, you know how like you, you got Cherokee about down um to the part of North Carolina that's above Georgia that little strip yeah oh um down in that area yeah I was gonna say because Pixaw's above Cherokee area National Forest and then, yeah of this course, is we have down there and it's uh there's a there's a national forest where they have the largest trees um east of the Mississippi they're they're like two hundred feet tall. And honestly, right. it would take so many people to reach around them. I, I don't know where my pictures are, but like some species of redwood or something. It's it's like a a yellow poplar or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, I think I know. And what you're dude, about. they're uh, yep. I bet you they stay that big and go a hundred feet before the first limb comes out or uh, before it tapers. Right, they're that they're just massive. But anyway, in on that trip, I started thinking. Well, you know, there are bear here, but I was thinking of bobcats and everything right, like yeah. that. And so as we were walking, there were probably a dozen of us. I had uh, Landon and Brooklyn in the middle. Right. And I stayed in the back because I was like, you know, they always look for weak or small or something right, right. straggling. And I had this <laughs> weird feeling like any other time, James, you know, you'd be ready to run. But like I had heightened senses of, the kids. Your kids. And, and I would dive on top of them and get mauled, you know. Right. You know, fight off that's, a damn bear. We talked about that before, man. It's that so weird. That's what changes you. It uh, is, it man. You have to be, and you can't show any fear in that moment or they will. Damn right. You have to, like, even though you're, like, nervous about it, it could be a, a you know, a bobcat or a mountain lion or whatever, you have to be like, ah, oh, we're, we're good. Because, yeah, <laughs> look how quiet Cat Holy is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there could be a bobcat. <laughs> Hiding right there around the next bend, and you would never know it, man, until it's on that's you. That's right. <laughs> so, that's the only thing. I'll go look for this treasure, but you have to prove to me <laughs> that we are well armed. Yes, we would be and well have armed. A lot of bear spray. I just told you I would have a stormtrooper rack full of. It. I <laughs> saw this cat go out there on his own and try to go hiking up for this shit on one of these videos I pulled up, and uh, it was a, like a vlogger dude. He went up so far and so high and so long alone. He had one can. Why? One can that lasts seven seconds. Why would you? That's so crazy. To like, me. dude, come on, man. I mean, is it worth it? Is is this two million dollars worth death? <laughs> no, no. So yeah, I mean, look. Every time I go, like as you know, when we go to Uari, just camping here because there are black bears up there. And stuff like that. I always go armed when yeah, I'm going in the when woods. Yeah, we went gold panning. Always, yes, always on my hip. Got to be. And but um, yeah, out there that would be a whole different sense of like, oh shit. There's, you know, because you're unlikely to see a black bear up there anyway, and those are a little different than Brent than fucking grizzlies. There, I know that's a whole oh, different game, exactly. man. Exactly. Yes, and like you said, mentioned the the cats, but 
So I that's the only thing, man, because you can't carry back a box of gold with one arm <laughs> and a tourniquet. Not a forty pound. <laughs> exactly. I would try. I would too. I would try, but yeah. <laughs> it would that'd be funny. You'd be so injured, you would have to hide it in another spot yourself and come back. Yeah. That's right. And yeah, that's true. That would be crazy. That is a whole new book and everything. Exactly. Follow the blood trail. But I, but I think with that one, I, I do think from the, the, like I said, going through that little poem and kind of getting ideas of what do people think in that, of that area, because I, obviously I don't know the area. There's a lot of uh, really cool guesses I think are wrong, but um, I think either way, it, like put in down below the home of Brown is his. You've you know obviously that refers to a boat. It's around water. His, he was a fly fisherman. To me, that's just parking. You park right there, and then you walk. Right. Uh, you know, whatever. So, anyway, I mean. Don't give away too much. No, I don't. Because I know exactly. <laughs> what I'm just <laughs> no, I'm Even just, if you're close. No. I but, hey, we. But everybody know, said that, I think. If we would go 10 times and never found it, yep. it'd still be 10 great adventures. It absolutely would, and I think that's the whole point. You know, yeah. It's like uh, when I used to watch, like I mentioned gold prospecting, I used to do that a lot. When I would watch Gold Fever, the show about it, where Tom Massey, uh, whose dad founded the GPAA, the Gold Prospectors Association of America, it, that was what he always said and everything. It, it's, it's, it's like the people that do this have the same, I don't know, um, sense of adventure in the sense of it's not about the gold is about uh, it's, it's not about finding gold. It's about you know well, it's about finding gold as opposed to keeping the gold. Yeah, it's not about like the 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 monetary value. Right. I think, and that's just a theme here. Yeah. About all of these things, the books, the you know the movies that we've all seen that we mentioned. It's just something really cool about it, and that's why I just fell in love with geocaching. It's a simpler version, obviously, of this, but it is because I know that I'm not going to go find money. You know, but particularly though, the last that mechanical cash or whatever you call it, gadget cash, yeah, yes, that you made, that uh, was a riddle. Yeah, much. I uh, love you, you doing made... the things. I love like we did the escape rooms for a while. Yes, until we did them all. Yes, we that, and then that was fun. here with the kids when they were here, we did some like a, a couple like. Shitty ones in here. I like putting together. I don't puzzles. know. I still got a picture of that bomb you made. <laughs> Do you really? That was really cool. Uh, there, it, we had to leave the house while Chris prepared this yes, escape room. We did scenario, an escape room in here, and we come we in, and there was a fucking bomb here with different colored wires coming. I don't know where he got the wires. <laughs> Uh, you know where you had to cut the blue or the green and then all this stuff. It was it was really cool. Uh, to yeah, be... it was like a I don't know what eight seven eight steps or something. Yeah. And that a lot, but we used what we could. But I, I enjoyed that aspect of you know because I'm so intrigued by finding the treasure in whatever sense we're talking about. Right. I like to create the puzzles now. That really challenges me. I love it. I love doing that. And like being the. It's almost like, as I'm writing this book now. You know, it's it's such an adventure to write a book in the sense of thinking about this world and building it and all these characters and right. things. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then it's like I it's it sounds maybe it sounds like a vanity thing or something, but I've thought about like one of these days, you know, maybe on this podcast you'll interview me about my book. Uh, that's right. Does that make sense? You I don't never not know. for the not for the fame or anything, but like just because I know the answer. That's right. You know what I mean? That's so right. So I pictured myself, like, I'm not saying this book's going to do anything, but, you know, I pictured myself, you know, how we did the Game of Thrones videos for so many years and stuff like that, where I read other people's things and deciphered things. Yeah. And now it's mine. Now it's yours. And yep. I think that's a it's really cool thing. It's your world. And you, it's something to be proud of. You are the source. Uh, it's so, exactly. I'm the source. I don't have to get, I don't have to worry about theories. And say, hey, dude. I can say, yeah, you're pretty close, or no, that's way off, <laughs> you know, or whatever. So. Something uh, something else <clears throat> did just hit me that we didn't talk about. The, uh, the Fountain of Youth. There was like yeah. a quest for that, too. That's right. Um, so, like, just people been searching for things you know what i mean since the dawn of time yeah, i think so. i think there's something about I, I i think it's almost maybe it's some kind of primal thing that gets us that got us moving from africa right you know what i mean yeah what's over that ridge curiosity now it's unknown curiosity you, can kill you yeah but it can also change the world right 
I think it go. I think it boils down to something in our brain. Explorers it, have that gene. Yes, the, the treasure hunting gene in them. I think so. The the pioneers, so the to speak. Pioneers. Yep. There's something there that I think you know goes back to some kind of thing when we flipped whatever it was from primates to Homo whatever version you want. You know where we were. You know actually people thinking yeah. bigger brains. Yep. It's something that got us moving away from each other and whatever expanding that's right and uh, it's the same it's kind of the same principle as you look at you know this is what uh, this is what made people dream back in the days before there was electricity what they have to do they looked up that it started astrology and astronomy and, yes. and sciences you know and then people seeing birds fly and going hmm can we ever do that that's and what we, science is yeah, think know. about science everything that we are using right now to record this and talk into in our phones and it's all because of a search a adventure yeah because that's what science does essentially you've put your figuring out a puzzle a clue yeah uh, or a, or some kind of riddle you know some whether it's natural or man-made anyway I just think it's really, really cool that there's these kind of things are still out there to do. And I like the idea. Like I said, I love that guy, uh, this guy here. When I watched the interview, he's such a cool dude. He's like, why can't I take it with me? I don't live by rules. That's right. Rules impede freedom or something. Yeah. And it was like, man, I love this cat. I've got I've got to watch that interview. He was a, he's a maverick. You sent me, yeah. And uh, it's a shame that the uh, priest Byron Priest is is passed away. Yes. Has passed away because I think he'd be a cool guy now. Uh, uh, I think he so. died in his fifties in two thousand five at like fifty two or something. Right. So what would that make him sixty seven now? So you know. Yeah, and his wife, you know, and kids are still honoring the thing. I think that's really cool. And the thing is, is he, the first one got found fairly quickly by three college kids in Chicago. Well, then he's probably thinking, well, shit, this is going to happen quick. But then yeah. another for 20 more years. Yeah. And then, oh, number two. Because here's the thing. They printed that book. They didn't print a second edition of that book because they thought it was over. Oh, right. Nobody yeah. was finding treasure. Ain't that crazy? So he got kind of, I mean, he got kind of screwed on the book part, I guess. But and it's really cool that it keeps like a legacy for him in some way. And you, and that's what it's about. You read my mind. Uh, to me, it is about a that legacy. That is immortality. Mm-hmm. Is you know, I've always been afraid of. Okay, so you you die right? Like I knew my great grandparents, right? My kids didn't. Yes. All right, but you they've lose, heard their names. You lose a generation. So with each generation, yep. you know, your name gets uttered less, less, and, less. and less. Yep. And there's going to be a time, unless you're George Washington, or you got some legacy, your name is never going to be mentioned again ever. Like right. ever, nobody's going to visit your grave because they don't know you. Nope. There's no connection there unless you even build through, a legacy, even through bloodlines, exactly. And so I, I, I get really freaked out when I think about that. When, when there's going to come a time when my name is never mentioned again on the face of the earth, yeah. I almost thought about burying a time capsule because of yeah, that. I like I wanted the idea somebody to find my name and. Once they read your name out loud, your name comes out of their mouth, your spirit's alive again for a second, you know? Yeah. It's there's something really intriguing about that. And I also thought on the other side of that, it was interesting that what um, Forrest said in this interview was, he's like, somebody asked him about legacy. And he said, what the hell is a legacy? He said, if you want to say something nice to me, say it when I'm alive. Don't When I'm dead, I won't give a shit about a legacy. <laughs> right. So, you know, I get that too, though. Yeah. But he will always, no matter what he says... About that, be uttered. That's right. Because of this, he was a tre he planted this treasure. Even after it's found, even after it's found, there's a history It'll of be that. This now. cool dude one time did this. Yep, <laughs> exactly. So that's how you know Byron lives on through our memories. That's in some right. Way. So like, if your book would hit, that could be your legacy. You know, uh, if my book would hit, uh, there, there, I may have a legacy there. You know, right. at least for you know a while. Because that's what. So I told you about this one. It's just a memoir. That's There's it. nothing special about the book yeah. as far as like, um, you know, some big great story that's going to go down as, you know, because he even said he picked up some like classic books because he, he said like, I went to high school and barely made D's. I only graduated because mm -hmm. my dad was the principal. I never <laughs> went to college. I never read. And he said, so I went later on and read some of these classics and they sucked. <laughs> that's what he said. I've got to watch this thing. He said, love him. 
So uh, he's, he's, a, he's a maverick, you know, uh, and that's what he called himself in, in some of those ways as far as the way he thinks about things. And it would be cool if you could find this before he passes away because you, then you get to meet the dude. Yes. And shake his hand and say, man. Or at least contact him some cool way. Dude. I'm sure you would. Oh, yeah. That'd oh, be you'd, cool. You'd be on some talk shows, you know? Yeah, I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go, like, because this is the same thing as when we go camping or we go, it's, it's for the adventure, Right. You know, if you found, obviously it'd be all, out, great if you found a treasure. A nugget or, yeah. But it's like when you go out with these geocaches. I mean, you know, I like the ones and like we found, you know, urban in the city. Yeah. But when you get out in the woods, those are cooler to me. I, I know what you mean. And man. I think, and that's kind of why I did that gadget one because I made it a two-part one where you have, and there's a story with it. That's what and I like. everybody liked. loves a good the, story. The story and the riddle and it's all, it's really cool. Right. In the log. I love the log. The, the log. Hey, there's a log, but not the log. <laughs> the, not the log. And and that's what I did that for because I had a story there from my childhood, and I made a fishing tale out of it. That's right. And I thought that was pretty cool. So I'm, I'm putting more thought into them, you know. So uh, anyway, I, I guess we're good. I, yeah, I, I tell think, us about some treasure hunts we don't know about. I mean, yeah, treasure maps. Or, or if you've seen some of these. Yeah. And, you know, maybe... I've seen a lot of so-called, uh, like I said, they're calling them solves, but they're guesses at what these places mean. And, you know, uh, if you've heard of The Secret, not The Wax Book, because I think The Wax Book is about, I keep calling it The Wax Book. It's like book. self-help or something? I think it's like a, a um, self-help or I think it was the thing, uh, the, uh, the law of attraction. Oh. I think that's what it's based around. Yeah. It's a hell of a logo. It is. I mean, to stand out in everybody's mind it, like it, that. Yeah, they, it's good marketing. It is. For damn sure. Very good. Because the name, The Secret, just makes mm -hmm. you want to know. <laughs> That's marketing. That's so funny. So the title of this you know, podcast on YouTube is going to be The Secret. The <laughs> you know, secret. we don't want something. But no, that's uh, I think that's really what it boils down to. Strong is. enough for a man. <laughs> for a woman. <laughs> exactly. Yes, our <laughs> other sponsor, Shit. We're, we have, we, this is our this is our post roll. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> brought to you by Secret Deodorant. Um, <laughs> shit. We'll see if uh, we'll see if Badger still calls us back next week. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, really quickly, if you listen to this on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify. See, I did it in a different order that time. That's that's weird. I'm trying to trying to mix it up. Keep your brain fresh. Keep, exactly. Uh, yeah. If you like, if you listen to us on there on the audio versions, if you don't mind, give us a rating on those platforms. It really help us out. And um, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Uh, really appreciate all the new subs and Patreon supporters. Yeah, uh, it's really cool to see the channel growing again and that people are kind of digging this podcast. And if you do uh, listen to us on one of those other platforms. Come over to uh, YouTube and drop a comment. Yeah, and that's say, where hey, we read I'm, all a, I'm a newbie. Yeah, you know? let us know. We've had a lot of new uh, comments we lately. Them. Yep, uh, and that's where we're reading all. I swear, I read every comment throughout the day. I'm reading and replying to comments, and you are. I noticed well. that, man. I, no I noticed that. that I've always tried to more. to answer every single one if I can. I but think uh, that's awesome. Now we now that it's back to a reasonable level, I can. So anyway. Yeah, let us know in the comments about, you know, you're, if you're fascinated by treasure hunts. I mean, have you ever been on any, involved in any of these question. things? That's a question, yeah. Have I think it's really cool. What's your experience hunt? with it? I think it's really cool yeah. um, to, to go out and do these things. And, and the bottom line, if you don't find anything, you know, it's the cliche, but it's the adventure. That's right. You're out of the house. Yeah. Back in nature. So anyway, Leah, let us know what you think, and we'll let it fade to blur. I don't know which job was I. Did you see that? No. I, I was mouthing. I was like. Oh. <laughs> oh, you were doing. Damn. Oh, look at that. That looks horrible. <laughs> That's what we need.